Hello, and welcome to another edition of the podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Michelle Mudge Riley. I'm a physician who changed careers back in the early 2000s, and I found it very difficult. I then made it my mission to help others struggling with a transition after I had figured out my own career change. Today, we have a really cool guest for you. I have known Sarah for so many years, and we won't bore you with all the stories that of different things we've done together, laughs we've had, um, but I, I really want you to get to know Sarah on a professional level and hear about the things that she's done and the things that she's doing now. So with that, Sarah, I'm going to hand it off to you, and I would love it if you would just tell everyone a little bit about your background and um, and what brings you here today? Okay. Well, thank you so much for this opportunity, Michelle. And you've been somebody I've admired for, for many years. So again, thank you for this opportunity to be on your podcast. And I'll have to return the favor when it's time, when I have my podcast up and going. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, a little bit about Sarah. Um, I guess one of the things I'm known for is that I was one of the first women to graduate from the United States Military Academy at West Point. So I was in the fourth graduating class. And um, that laid a foundation for my life. Um, and uh, probably the thing I enjoyed the most in that um, four rather grueling years was the leadership and um, behavioral science kind of classes that I did a concentration in, although you graduate with an engineering degree. And then I got to apply them as an army officer. And um, I truly loved motivating people to do more than they thought they could do. And um, I married a classmate, we had a wonderful marriage, we got out of the military, and that's when I did some things that a lot of women have to choose. Um, we'd had one child in the army, and I guess I wanted to focus on my children, so my husband had the real job, you know, he paid the bills, but I started to be an entre entrepreneur at a young age. I started working with businesses um, while I could still raise my children and have access to them and not have to um, always have them in daycare. Sometimes they had to be. So I was kind of doing those kind of things. And um, a little later in uh, our married life, my husband passed away suddenly. And so I couldn't just play and I had to go get a real job. So I've been through the transition of maybe restarting a career and then ending up in corporate America where I really kind of focused on things like organizational development, leadership development, um, executive coaching, those kind of things. And I've been in corporate America many different times in my career, but I've also had uh, management consulting practice on the side. And then I've really ventured into that. And then most recently, um, I decided to write a book, write a book about the West Point leadership uh, experience that I had, and then take that book and give people an idea to how to apply some of those tenets that I learned at such a young age. So that kind of brings you, uh, you know, that's a lot of information in a short period of time, but it kind of gives you an idea who this Sarah Paticha is. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I'm glad you said your last name because I always have a hard time with it. So I would have completely butchered it. So thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> and yeah, your, your new husband is just amazing. Um, but let me ask you, do you think that the things that you naturally gravitated towards were things that West Point kind of set you up for, that, that leadership, the executive coaching? Talk a little bit about why you may have gravitated towards those things. Well, um, for one, I really didn't do well as an engineer. I knew I wouldn't. 
Um, I was good in math and things like that, but I didn't enjoy the classes we were forced to take. But I remember I had this psychology professor as a freshman and he inspired me. There was just something about major foresight that um, engaged me and I excelled in those classes. And so it seemed very natural to think, I guess, psychologically to want to really understand people. And then, you know, as an army officer, I had a huge unit. I mean, at just uh, 22 years old, I had 80 soldiers. And eventually, by the time I'm 24, I have 300 soldiers I'm responsible for. And I quickly learned that we had large missions, not enough people. We um, had vehicle breakdowns. We had challenges. So I needed to motivate them, which tapped into this interest in understanding the human dynamic, understanding um, leadership principles, and then applying them in real life. And so it got me very interested in that. So yes, the West Point experience, even from the time you um, are a, a new cadet um, and as a plebe, you eventually get more and more responsibility while you're there. So leadership is something that we were taught and inculcated and, and taught to really take care of the people we're responsible for. So yes, it prepared me, but I think I had a natural bent toward those kind of areas. I've always loved people. I've always been intrigued with why were some people really successful and resilient and what were the causes of some people, you know, being overwhelmed. And I wanted to kind of bridge that gap for people. So it kind of started me in a, a direction that I didn't realize actually had a name. Eventually in my corporate experience being, you know, in organizational development, leadership development and executive coaching. So it, it was something I think I was born with, but innately the opportunities I was given as a result of being at the academy and then in the army taught me that, boy, you're kind of good at this. Wow. Just the way that you were able to put words to those things that you knew you were good at and that you naturally enjoyed doing is something I really admire because it's hard to do that. It's, mm -hmm. it, it probably helped you to translate your experience and the value that you brought to the table to those employers. Can you talk a little bit about that and how you communicated that and how you took what you had done and translated that? Well, I remember my first corporate job and um, I was thinking, oh, I should go into IT. That's where everything's going to happen. So I got hired into a very large company and um, they kind of created a role for me. And I remember I'm in this middleware uh, department and they said, well, you know, we're having problems with these very intelligent uh, middleware software developers communicating. Can you kind of go in there and figure out what's going on? And I realized they sat next to each other in little cubes and they instant messaged, but they didn't talk directly to one another. And I just kind of looked at it and said, maybe we should ask to have conversations. Let's stop doing that. Let's get you together. Let's talk. Let's have a meeting. Um, and then of course it branched to, it was kind of a company where they did some of the software development in one location and then they had a separate location for the other and the handoff wasn't good because again, they relied on instant messaging or email to communicate. So I simply said, let's use this really expensive video conference equipment when we talk about the next rollout or the next part of the project. And all of a sudden things got better and people thought, wow, she's good at this. <laughs> and I thought, well, you know, it seemed kind of obvious. So I think it was knowing intuitively that 
miscommunication will happen when we're not looking at each other, when we're not reading the nonverbals, we're going to miss out on all that. And when you just start putting some of those things in place and people see the benefit, then they're more likely to take your consulting, so to speak, more seriously because she helped us solve a problem we just couldn't see because our heads were down. We were working. We weren't thinking about how we could better get our communication going between coworkers. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's really, really interesting. Kudos to you. Gosh. So when you first got out of the army, you mm-hmm. were married and yeah. you were an entrepreneur. Um, tell me, did you first start your firm as an executive coach at that point? No, it came later. Um, I think I had come out of the military thinking, you know, um, I'm a logistician. I should help companies with some of the production management kind of skill sets. And through somebody that I had met, um, and I guess I should mention that I, I, for whatever reason, I'm a natural networker. And I I make connections. And I think that's partly because in the military, you get up, you move, you have to relocate, and you need to make friends. And so I made some friends, and this person told me about an opportunity to kind of go into companies and help them in their leadership development. So I just said, oh, that sounds something that I would be interested in. I started doing that. And I did it on a limited basis because my husband at the same time was starting his corporate career, and we move quite frequently. But I was learning as I went. And so it would force me, oh, this is a problem here. Let me go back and read a book and see what I can figure out, something that I might understand that I could then help this person. So it really kind of started kind of organically. And with the moves, um, I just would repeat that um, process when I would go to a new area. And then eventually, um, I knew that at some point I was going to need probably more corporate experience to be really firm in what I understood about some of these leadership tenants, because I read voraciously leadership books, but I just felt like I needed to have an experience in a corporate environment. And of course, with my husband dying, I was kind of forced to. So I think it was part of those kind of things that occurred that I kind of put my foot in there and kind of understood that, you know, I enjoy this kind of work. Maybe I should stay with something similar to this kind of work. Yeah. I love how you built on things and continue to build on them, which really helped you build your career out. That's really intuitive. So tell me about this book, because it sounds like you've put together all your experiences into one place. And I always admire people who've written a book, by the way, because it is such a big endeavor. Uh, But take us through what it was like writing the book and what you'd like people to get out of your book. Yes, it was a really kind of wonderful experience. And for years, I've wanted to do this. And, you know, it would be one daughter who would give me um, a book to start writing in for Christmas. And then I'd, you know, wait a few years because the timing didn't seem right. And as it turned out, um, we had recently relocated after 20 years in one location, moved to another location due to my second husband's job. And so I was in this nice place where I made good money over the years and I I could take a mental break and say, you know, what do you really want to do now? And it kind of came down to, it's time to write a book. And through networking, I met a book coach. Now I am a firm believer in coaching. I am an executive coach, but you always will do better when you have somebody that can kind of guide you and hold you accountable for getting things done. So I think that was part of the thing that led to my success. 
uh, I, as I have mentioned, I have been in leadership development and executive coaching for years. So I had reams of things that I had developed. So there was a body of knowledge that I had gleaned through my master's education, through just reading and applying. So I kind of had that as a backdrop. And then I was asked to speak to a women's leadership group. And they wanted me to talk about my leadership philosophy. Well, you can't really talk about your leadership philosophy unless you go back and talk about West Point. And then all these stories just came out. And, and I guess I, wrote, I, I presented it and they were just so overwhelmed. And I had never shared some of those stories. I was like, that's what I need to do in this book. And so all, I, all my coach encouraged me to do initially was just write. Right, right, right. And these stories that just started coming out. And I realized I was writing stories about principles. And as we all know, if you follow principles and tenets, they can lead to success. But if you don't, you can have the other negative effect. So this became writing a story that would tell a principle and then tell you how to apply it. Because I've written reams on how to um, improve your own leadership abilities and your own character, integrity, collaboration, those kind of skill sets. So it was easy to kind of put together the how-to after writing the story. And so it kind of came together fairly quickly. I started writing this last February. I had those uh, manuscript done by the end of May. Um, and so what I'm attempting to do, and uh, as we all go through different stages in life, and I'm a little bit older than Michelle, actually a lot older. Anyway, I want to <laughs> <laughs> start a more of a speaking career and do more writing. I enjoy it. And so the book should resonate with anyone that has been felt marginalized, disrespected, has had to fight against the glass ceiling, um, are is really dealing with a major tragedy in their life. I talk in the book a bit about my, my husband's death and how I overcame with three young children, um, reinvented myself, so to speak, multiple times. And so um, I think it will resonate with a broad audience. Um, the people that have reviewed it, I've had people that are disabled, people that are just loving it to women, obviously, but also men, um, people, my classmates. The secondary purpose of the book to not only have more speaking engagements, but is also to, to give back. I'm at a point in my life where I want to leave a legacy and I want to benefit those that have given the ultimate for our country. So proceeds from my book will go to veteran service organizations that support wounded warriors and their families and of course women veterans. I'm very, um, this is very something that's passionate to me but I am committed to giving a good portion of my book sales. Currently, I have an ongoing relationship with Family of the Wounded Fund, which is an amazing organization that helps families that need to be near their loved ones who are going through long-term treatment at a, a VA hospital, and there's no money in the military to pay for them to be near their loved ones. They may have to give up a job so that their husband or, or their um, spouse or their wife might have to be in this hospital for six, 10 months. And so they support them through giving them a place to live. So I'm all about those kind of things. And that's kind of where I want the book to take me. Gosh, that is amazing. And by the way, you're not that much older than me. So <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't want our listeners to be thinking you're like 70 years old or something like that. Um, you know, this is, this is amazing, Sarah. I mean, just all the things that you've been through and just your resilience and your grit. Those are the kind of things that I admire in people so much. And I cannot wait to read the book. I, I'll post a link mm -hmm. so that others can find your book if they want it. Um, or if they want to read it, if they want to check out the reviews, all that. So, um, so don't worry, I'll, I'll have all that for you guys. Is there anything you'd like to leave the listeners with? Well, I think um, that uh, I should also mention the book will not be out until um, probably around the middle of October. It'll be, a, it'll be available on Amazon. I did that to kind of um, connect with Veterans Day. Yeah. And um, so it'll be out there, but I also, my website will be open um, pretty soon, probably in the next day or two. That's www.westpointwoman.com. So the name of my book is West Point Woman, How Character is Created and Leadership is Learned. And uh, so I would hope people would check out my website because I will have tools. I will have other things that you can check out to develop your own skill set in terms of resilience. And I think the, the, the types of stories that I'm going to relate throughout this book will inspire. Some will make you cry, some will make you laugh, but they will inspire you and teach you how to cultivate a resilient muscle in your life. That's one of my objectives with the book. And so I would encourage anyone that um, wants to learn more about how to overcome obstacles in their life or achieve more in life to check it out. And if you're a strong woman like Michelle, I'd love, or even a man, contact me and all this will be on my website shortly because I'm going to be interviewing people that also have these tenacious um, abilities uh, such as Michelle. And um, I think that we need to have more of a positive a mention of these kind of people that overcome. And I think it inspires everybody and lifts everybody when you hear about people that have overcome difficult situations and learned to thrive and flourish despite that. And so I would invite any of your listeners who want to check me out, connect with me. You can also connect with me on Facebook, Sarah Paticha. And, um, you know, I have a book launch um, Facebook page, so you can be a part of that if you'd like to. Just connect with me on Facebook, and um, we'll look forward to um, ongoing dialogues with uh, your audience and hopefully mine, Michelle. Yeah, yeah. Well, and most of our listeners are kind of going through a period of time where there is a lot of uncertainty and um, some uncontrollables that they're trying to figure out as, as one is attempting to either find a better job or transition careers. So that's part of the reason why I wanted to have you on as a guest. You, you just embody that resiliency so well. And I, I think our listeners will be inspired after hearing your story. So everyone go check out the book, um, buy the book when it comes out. And um, Sarah, thank you so much for taking a little bit of your time. I know you're incredibly busy. You have tons of other people who want you to come speak for them or talk to them about your book. So thank you for spending time with us today. And thank you, Michelle. It's been my, my pleasure. All right. Well, everyone, that does it for another 
session of podcasting with Michelle Mudge Riley. And you can find us on all of the social media outlets that I've mentioned before. Check out Scout's latest antics and the career that she's looking at this week. Until next time, see you later. Bye-bye. <laughs>